This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need to know what's happening, it's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Jason LaCanfora. Welcome back to another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes, put him up, along with my man Jason Lacanfora. Of course, we're here to talk football. Guys, we got three weeks left. Three weeks of the NFL season, and all of a sudden, things are starting to shape up a little bit. And Jason, let's look back at what we saw this last weekend, because it was bananas. It was absolutely crazy, bro. First of all, everybody thought the Dolphins were going to go lay an egg against the Bills. Cold weather, Tua... Yeah. He won't play well. The, that was the complete opposite. Even though the Bills win, I, I take from this game that I was impressed with the way the Dolphins responded. Now, they got some snow in the fourth quarter, but it really didn't – that wasn't a deciding factor of how this game played out. Was this a moral victory for the Dolphins? I think it probably was, but it was also their third straight loss, which um, not great. You know, the AFC is a pretty crowded picture there in the playoffs. Uh I think there's more quality teams in the AFC than the NFC. And, you know, I'm also old enough to remember a time when Miami hadn't lost a game that Tua had started all year. And Miami had an inside path to the division title because they won the first meeting against Buffalo, even though Buffalo was the better team and ran 90 plays to 38 for Miami. So I I think they have um, wasted a lot of collateral. I, I... think their chances of this being a season um, that's truly special are probably eroding because they're going to have to go on the road now um, every single week in the playoffs. And that's not going to be easy to, to, to win more than once. But in terms of the overall sort of um, development and building of their football program operation um, in terms of getting out of the dregs and looking like a team that with another good offseason could, could even build on this more. Yeah, I'm buying all that. But in real time, you know, getting beat by the 49ers and the Chargers and the and the Bills is bad business. Um, it's, it's really stacked the deck against them in terms of being a, you know, being a playoff factor, I think. Yeah, I don't know if they're a playoff team. I've been going back and forth on this. Let me rephrase that. Do they miss or make the playoffs? They are a playoff team. They played well enough to be in the playoffs. But do they miss or make the playoffs? And right now, I'm thinking they miss the playoffs. 
They might. And, and you know, if they do, this obviously was the fork in the road uh, of their season. But I, I do think they learned a lot about themselves. The idea that the Bills were going to bully them defensively the way the 49ers and the Chargers did, and we'll just beat up Waddle at the line of scrimmage, and we'll just yep. reroute the Cheetah outside the hash marks, and this kid won't be able to throw the ball to him downfield to the outside. You know, that didn't prove true. And I think the biggest fundamental building block for them, now let's see if they can keep it going, was what they did on the ground. That looked like Mike McDaniel run game from his days in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. That Raheem Mostert looked like the Raheem Mostert who was doing that playoffs against Green Bay a couple years ago or whatever. So um, there certainly were things that they will take from that that will help them. Um, but yeah, their, their road to the postseason this, you know, the month of December has only gotten tougher. I will say this about the Dolphins. And, and again, to, uh, you know, he surprised me in this game. He played better yeah, than expected. And, and I, I think that's the thing that I'm going to take from this game. Hey guys, it's in the huddle. We put out new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. We'll continue to talk football through the end of the season. We get into the off season. There's so much going on. But this is an exciting time of the year. Unless you're Matt Ryan. I felt so bad for Matt Ryan after losing this game. And, and only because now you're associated with the worst comeback or the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. Yeah. And now you're also associated with the biggest comeback in the regular season. 33 points down were the Vikings yeah. and they come back and win. I, and let me say this, Jason, about this before you get into this game. Because I've told you all season I don't buy the Vikings. I don't buy the Vikings. When I turned this game on, it was literally halftime. It was 33-0, and I started laughing. And I'm like, this is what I'm talking yeah. about. And then the game started to play out, and I'm like, holy crap, is this going to happen? Yeah. But I've always thought Matt Ryan was a Hall of Famer. He's top 10 in passing yards. He's a former MVP. He did lead his team to the Super Bowl. He's the franchise leader for the, for the Atlanta Falcons in every category. But i got to tell you something. These are two monster spots that the world was watching a Super Bowl in which you lose, which wasn't his fault, and a game in where you only come back and score three points in the second half, again, wasn't his fault. But he's he's associated with it. I, I've been saying this weekend, I don't know if he makes the Hall of Fame. This is a monster scar on the resume. Well, look, Eli Manning's not a Hall of Famer for me, so there's no way Matt Ryan is for me. Maybe my standard's too high, but with the way this game has changed, the rules and everything else the last 15 years, I think you're in a slippery slope if Matt Ryan gets – if Matt Ryan's in, then Matt Stafford's definitely in. And guess what? Kirk Cousins is probably in too because Kirk Cousins is going to compile more than those other guys. You're um, right. Now, even. let me ask you, so, why, why why, Eli? You say no Eli? I, I've never heard too, you too, say this. I, I just think there's too many seasons where, like, you can't go around leading the league in interceptions, you know, multiple times and be a, and be a, a Hall of Famer for me. I think if he played in a different market – um, it wouldn't be as much of a conversation. If his last name was different, it wouldn't be as much of a conversation. And that's taking nothing away from the the you know the two the two postseasons where they had glory. But there were a lot of seasons where to me he was a league average at best quarterback, and there were a lot of seasons where he wasn't even he wasn't even that. And he's someone who, in my estimation, um sort of like you're alluding to at Matt Ryan, 
held on a little too long and, and, and wanted that job back from Geno Smith a little a little too much. <laughs> and it it just continued. Then you went you went from like a two to three year period where you're like, this guy's really no good to like a five or six year period where you're like, this guy's really not any good. Well, and the Probably Giants. holding the franchise back. And you knew this too, right? The Giants management, you had people in management that wanted to hold on to him and other people that wanted to move on from him. Yeah. So you're absolutely right about that. Um, but no, getting back to this, this uh, Colts game, like a lot of people the day after last Thursday's game, when Baker Mayfield pulls the comeback on the Raiders, a lot of people wanted to talk the next day about Baker Mayfield and Sean McVay and what that meant. And my takeaway from that game is Baker Mayfield's still just a guy. Let's not get it twisted. <laughs> they scored three points for 55 minutes, and that game says way more about the Raiders than it does the Rams. Ditto here. This game, to me, says way more about the horse bleep operation that Jim Irsay and Jeff Saturday are running in Indianapolis than it does about what the Colts did. You, you, you can't tell me it's a coincidence that they go from allowing 33 points in the fourth quarter of a professional football game the week before to blowing a 33-point lead the following. You can't tell me that just any coach could accomplish that. You can't tell me that. You can't tell me just any staff could accomplish that, and it's just, it's just a coincidence. There's nothing to it, you know? people were running around after they beat the Raiders in his first game. Like, oh, told you so. The, 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 the idiot owners taking victory laps on Twitter after one regular season game. <laughs> How you like it now? Yeah. How you like it now? Yeah. Well, I listen. dare you to stick with him. And I'll tell you what, Saturday knows he's not an NFL coach. Saturday knows he's not up for the fight. Saturday knows he ain't going to be there in an offseason 18 hours a day planning minicamp and OTAs. And and as much as this owner might want to <clears throat> stick his feet in the ground and dig his heels in and, and keep throwing money at this guy to try to prove he's right, I don't think he wants to do it. So well, the, the, the Colts are in a bad spot, Jason. I mean, you need a quarterback, okay? The quarterback carousel has been going on for four years. Oh, you yeah. need a quarterback. You need a coach that is going to be committed to the job as you're talking about. And, and this, again, proves our theory, which if you go back, I don't know, three, four, five, six weeks ago when Jason and I were talking about this, Brian Baldinger on In the Huddle, and we said this was BS, yeah. that this was not going to work, and this was a terrible decision. And now you have history on your side in a situation where you blow a 33-point lead. Here was my beef, Jason. Run the damn ball, Jeff Saturday. Right. Run That's what you're supposed to be. Just manage the clock. <laughs> Just manage the clock a little bit. Unbelievable. You gave them two extra possessions. I mean, this is the same guy who also didn't know how to use timeouts two weeks before that. Like, it's a joke. And I, I feel bad for people paying real money to watch a fake football coach with an owner who's out to prove how smart he is not win football games. And, and, and guess what? Is he still kind of winning because – Ursay really wanted to tank. Yeah, but four wins is too many. Yeah. yeah so maybe right. he's picking second or third, and we'll get into this quarterback class down the line, but I, I don't think that there's a whole lot of day one he changes your franchise guys in this draft. No, I, I just I'm with don't. You. Listen, so, talented guys, but I'm with you on that. I've been looking at this too, and, and the crazy thing is if you were going to tank, if you are the Colts, 
You had to get the first overall pick, right? Yeah. <laughs> Good luck catching the Texans. Oh, what a mess. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the huddle, guys, let's talk about the Eagles. We now know Jalen Hurts has a sprained shoulder. Now, we don't know how that's going to affect moving forward. You know, this is we're recording this in the middle of the week. And so for you guys, as we look ahead, we'll talk to Baldy about this later this week. But he may miss the Dallas game. But with that said, here's my issue with Hurts right now. He's playing great. The Eagles beat the, 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 the Bears. Very talented, uh, or should I say a very entertaining game, 25-20. But Jason, he ran it 17 times on Sunday against the Bears, and he got hit 13 times, 13 quarterback hits. From that Bears defense, why are you putting Jalen Hurts, your MVP, in jeopardy that much right now? Yeah, um, that game turned into um, more of a dogfight than, you know, maybe some would have scripted it. the two early interceptions really hurt, and I think it turned into a, you know, sort of by any means necessary game instead of a, hey, maybe Gardner Minshew plays the fourth quarter game. Right. In the flow, in the heat of the moment, you know, I think sometimes you do get tunnel vision and you don't see the big picture and you lean into the option game, you know, and you give that young man the authority over the offense that he deserves, in which case – He's going to do whatever he thinks he's got to do to win that football game. Um, look, I think they're the best team in football. I I think they're the deepest team in football. And I think Gar- Gardner Mitch, I mean, I've seen a lot of guys start football games in this league. You know, I'm, we're looking at Kyle Allen and Sam Ellinger and like Colt McCoy. Right. Colt, Colt McCoy. Davis Mills, yep. uh, Tyler Huntley, like Gardner Minshew, to me, it might be like the, I don't know, 18th to 24th best quarterback in the league. Like he's not the, like if you want to, like let's, like if like you want to tell me that every team gets a starter, right? So that's 32 and then backup started 33. No. Gardner Minshew's better than any quarterback the Pittsburgh Steelers have. You know what I mean? Gardner Minshew's better than any quarterback the Texans have. Gardner Minshew's better than any quarterback the Colts have. Like, we could go down the line. So, like, do I think it falls off a cliff with Gardner Minshew? No. Now, playing Dallas, and now all of a sudden Dallas is a wounded animal because they messed around and almost found out against the Texans, then they messed around and did find out against the Jags. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah, it's a tough spot, but, like, I, I, this line like went crazy. I mean, I think the line moved eight or nine points initially on the quarterback when it first news got out that that Hurts might not be able to play. That's too much for me. Like I, 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 I still like the Eagles in this spot. Um, and I think you know Minshew for a couple weeks they'll be fine. And at thirteen and one, they've you know they've padded their they padded their resume and they've got a head to head win over the Vikings. So. Um, 
I, I am sure that they will take the long view here and be, be as cautious as can be with this situation. Um, and I think Hertz will be back in plenty of time for the playoffs. Yeah. And they'll be the they'll be the team that I'll pick to come out of the NFC. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to go to Philly and win when they're playing on top of their game and that defense is healthy and Jordan Davis is in the middle and all that they've had going on. Totally agree with you. Uh, um, and and if, if the Cowboys are going to be favored by nine or more, or whatever the hell the number is going to be, I'm all over the Eagles as well. That, that's, yeah. that's too much. They're still too good of a team defensively, number one in takeaways. I, I can't dismiss all of that. Jason Lockup for Carl Dukes. It's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe. Tell your friends. New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Let's talk about the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They allow a special teams touchdown, Jason. Yeah. Uh, a game-winning drive. <clears throat> and they're finding new ways to break their, their fan base's hearts. We've been talking about the Jets, and I'm on them. I like what I'm seeing defensively. But this is more about the Lions, right? I mean, you talk about finding ways to win with Dan Campbell. Yes. Seven and seven. All of a sudden now, they've got the look of a playoff team. That offense oh, yeah. is so explosive. I love watching the Lions, and I never thought Me I'd too. ever say that. I nope. never thought I'd ever say that. So what are you thinking about this as far as where the Jets are, what happened, and, and Zach Wilson, and where the yeah. Lions are right now? Well, the Lions are, to me, the third or fourth best team in the NFC. I may have said that a few weeks ago. Ben Johnson is my favorite offensive coordinator to watch this season. The things he does from week to week to put guys in position to win in the run game – in the passing game, the fourth and short call that he made around midfield, the way that thing was scripted, the, the way it was isolated, how easy he made it for Jared Goff, um, and how effective it was. I mean, it won the game, and it covered <laughs> as well. Uh, although I guess by that point, the line had moved so much that they were actually – yeah, I took them on the money line two different times last week when they were getting one and a half. Um, thought they'd went out right. They did. It's a gutsy win. This team for a year and a half under Dan Campbell couldn't win on the road. Now they've won three in a row. Um, is the offense better in the Dome? Yeah. Is Jared Goff better at home? Yeah. But, you know, they go to Carolina this week. I think they can do it again. It'll probably be another low-scoring game. Um, and they've made real improvements defensively. I mean, this was a team, Carl, that coming into November, like everybody's hanging 30 on them. It's just do you get 33? Do you get 38? And now they're playing games in the 20s. They're making it hard for you to get to 21, knowing they're going to hang 30 on a lot of people on their day, especially when they're home. So, again, in that conference, man, once they get in, because I think they're getting in, it's not going to be too big for them. And the way they can – that offensive line, man, the way they can bully you, that stuff plays. Yeah, they're good. Um, and they got multiple receivers. I mean, they they bully you in the run game, and they can kill you in play action deep. They're an interesting team. They are. And, and golf, give him credit, man. He's playing great. I mean, he's not turning it over. Yep. He's making the necessary throws you've got to make. Uh, the, the Lions right now, guys, with three weeks left, are the most interesting team in the NFL. And, and only because of all the things Jason just laid out. If they get in, just watch out. I'm telling you. I don't think any team in the league right now wants to face them in no. the first round. Right? Because that's going to be a, that's going to be a problem. Let's talk about what we saw in this crazy Raiders Patriots game. I've never seen it, so I, I hadn't seen a thirty three point comeback 
right? Since the 93 AFC wildcard game with the Bills and, right. and Oilers. Right, right. Hadn't seen it. And even then, you know, back then, think about, I, I don't even know, I, I may be in high school at the time. I don't even think that I was paying attention to the fact of what that meant, right, at that moment. And then as I get into this business and we start to talk to people and I get to know Warren Moon and all, and I'm talking to all yeah. these people and they say it was the worst day ever, right? So then we see 33-point comeback this weekend. And then we see a what-the-hey lateral interception touchdown game winner. I, Jason, I've never seen anything like no, this. It's a tough one to fathom. Um, I'd like to pin it on Matt Patricia because I think he's <laughs> – terrible as an offensive coordinator but even he didn't draw it up this way just a weird game man the Raiders were having their way with this thing it looked like the story of the day was going to be the Raiders blew another 13 plus lead yep. in the in the second half of, a, of an NFL game um Derek Carr was having a miserable day until that scramble drive to tie it at 24 um I, I still think I think the Raiders will have a different quarterback next year um, they're going to move on from Carr. You believe that? I, I I think they're trading Derek Carr. I do. I've talked to a lot of people in the league about it. Like something's got to give there. And the owner just brought McDaniel's in, and he's going through this thing with Gruden, and he's not the most liquid guy in the world. Mm. Um, and I don't think he wants to buy another coach out. I, I I just don't I don't see it. You know, he he just got rid of Mayock. You know, Gruden, the Gruden stuff just went down barely over a calendar year ago. Um, but the way that car extension is structured, I, I just – I think they're going to want to go with a young quarterback. But regardless, like, yeah, I mean, the Jacoby Myers play, just a complete brain cramp. I mean, it I, – I don't know how to quantify it. I don't know what he was thinking. There's – you could you could come up with a list of fifty things that he could have done, including just run out of bounds. Yep. For starters, that you would think anyone would have tried before they threw the ball backwards halfway across the field to the quarterback. Like, like even if Chandler Jones doesn't pick that off, and let's say Mac Jones catches it. Mac Jones is leaving on a stretcher because Chandler Jones is running right through. You know what I mean? It's a yes. medicine ball. Like, yes. it is a complete medicine ball. I don't know, man. Like, strange things happen in the NFL. It's weird. I thought that the Patriots were going to were, were, – they had that game in control in the second half. They were dominating defensively. They got into Carr's head. They got Stevenson going in the run game. They should play Bailey Zappi. I'll tell you something fun to do. Go right. look at Bailey Zappi stats. Go look at Brock Purdy stats. They're, really? They're identical, except Zappi's a little better. And the sample size is like almost exactly the same. It's like one's thrown 93 passes, one's thrown 92. Yeah, I had an, I had a, an evaluator like over the weekend, a guy I talked to all the time, said, go, why don't you do this? Go to Pro Football Reference and pull these two up. And I'm like, holy bleep. Yeah. Uh, so as much as I want to say Matt Patricia's bad and – he and he is. And like, does he have something to do with the stunted development of Mac Jones? Sure. The bottom line is for that period of time, the eight, nine quarters, whatever it was, where Bailey Zappi was there, it was a different offense. It just was. There was it some had, explosion to it. Yes, there was it had life. there was some diversity to it. There was a different energy in the huddle. 
Like dudes were selling out to make plays, <laughs> and now it's back to this methodical lurching thing. And Mac Jones was well, I mean, I say Derek Carr was bad in that game. I mean, Mac Jones was really bad. I mean, he was like 13 of 31 at one point. And then the defense started scoring points, and then he started running the ball and whatever. Um, but that's enough. Like, I think Bailey's happy gives him a better chance to do something exciting to throw you a curveball and, and maybe get some energy back in that offense and maybe help their playoff chances. I don't know if Belichick's willing to do it or not. But yeah, just just pull up Brock Purdy and Bailey Zappi. Just look at the numbers. And I, and I will. In the huddle, Jason Lock on four, Carl Dukes, put him up. Glad to have you here with us, guys, every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, I'm going to lay this out because to me, they are a team that right now I, I have getting back potentially to the Super Bowl. Before last season, the Bengals hadn't made the playoffs since 2015. Before yeah. last season, they, they had not had a playoff victory, a postseason victory since January of 1991. Before last season, they hadn't been to the Super Bowl in 33 years. Yeah. Two years ago, Jason, they were 4-11-1 and had five straight losing seasons. All of that was prior to who getting there? Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. Joey B. And Burrow goes down to Tampa Bay, down 17 points, and they come back and beat the legendary Raiders. Lap them. Right? I mean, it's 34-17. I mean, that, that, that's what that game was. I mean, they gave Brady the touchdown in the final two minutes. They did. They lapped they did. it. They went from 17 down to 17 up like that. Um, Yeah, look, I, I, you want to know what I think of the Bengals? A month ago, I bought a Bengals to win the Super Bowl future ticket at, like, plus 1,500. So that's what I think of the Bengals. Um, I think they absolutely if – they, if they run the gauntlet in the AFC, and it's not going to be easy – Mm-mm. Um, they'll be as battle tested as anybody. I mean, what that could have been a letdown spot for them. And honestly, at 17 nothing, it looked like a letdown spot for them. Yep. Only they're one of the best second half teams in the league. Lou Anarumo is a dominant defensive coordinator who makes elite halftime adjustments. Go look at his second half splits over the last two years. They shut you down in the second half. Um, and the quarterback's Joe Montana. So they find ways to win after, for decades, they just found ways to lose. Uh, it's a different thing, man. And there was no Wouzier, and there was no Hendrickson, and now Hubbard's banged up on the other side. Didn't matter. Um, no, the Chiefs have been playing with fire. I think the Chiefs are going to do what the Cowboys did and mess around and lose one of these games they're supposed to win. And if the Bengals beat the Bills, which – wouldn't shock me. Like Cincinnati could get the one seed. It's it's not yeah. a possibility. Like they're waiting for the Ravens week 18. The Ravens got them on a Sunday night here. Ugly game. Like one that the Bengals would want back. Like they, they, I don't see Baltimore going to Cincinnati week 18 and winning. So, yeah, I mean, they're and – and I do think that they'll get the better of the Bills. So that, that's that's a that's a really really good football team. They've won six in a row, guys. You don't do that in the NFL unless you're a really good football team. You can win two or three. Uh, those those stretches is what usually gets you in I the think playoffs. They have two losses, right? They started zero and two, two. and they've got yep. two losses since then. Yeah, it, it is absolutely crazy. Now I want to talk about the other side of this, Jason, and that is how sad it is to see Tom Brady. And I say that because if you're not a Brady fan, and I know many of you are not. Sure. 
but we all think these things have happy endings, and they just don't. No. They, they, none of these things, when you stay beyond the time yeah. that you're supposed to stay, have happy endings. You can count on one hand guys that have walked off the field, Super Bowl champions, and said, I'm done, right? Ray Lewis, right? He could have done it two years ago. Jo- John Elway. All these guys. I mean, Brady could have done it himself two years ago. And now I'm watching a guy that's a shell of himself. He's just not any good anymore. And and I know it's not all on him. And I know the offense has had its issues and they can't protect him. And I get it. But this gets back to a conversation Baldy and I were having about if if you're the 49ers, right, next year. And let's just say Brady says, hey, I want to come. A buddy of mine told me his dad went on San Francisco radio out there, KNBR or whatever, and was like, yeah, when they played out there a couple of weeks ago. Sure. You know, we grew up 49er fans and Brady's dad's on. So what? All right. right. If I'm the 49ers, I'm not just opening up this door and going, yeah, come on, Tom. 46, 47-year-old Tom Brady. Come on. That's a mistake. Well, I mean, they might be willing to do it. If they think they have Lance and Purdy in their back pocket, right? And so if this thing goes haywire, you know, we have two other rolls of the dice. Um, It doesn't look good right now. It's not all him. Um, I do, but, but. I, I, we've given him a million chances, right? And <laughs> now I'm going to give. What? Now I'm about to give the scenario. What are you for about how to say? Not, how the sky's not falling? Well, they 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 ran the ball some, which they've been the worst rushing team in the NFL all year. We finally saw Byron Leftwich lean into some motion, some shifting. Um, they were getting in and out of the huddle quicker. They had a cadence. They weren't snapping the ball five six seconds, right? It wasn't as methodical. And I don't know, maybe, you know, desperation causes inspiration and perspiration. Maybe they figured something out. Maybe they're finally willing to change their spots on offense and lean into more no huddle, more up-tempo, more of that shifting in motion, becoming who they are, um, not running religiously on early downs, early down play action. You know, the things that work. A lot of the best coordinators in the league do or certainly embrace in times of crisis. And maybe they're, you know, they're still probably going to win that division, you know, and maybe he he has a Tom Brady moment or two still to come. They're not winning a Super Bowl. No. He's not going to be there next year. If he does want to play, we've talked about this before, and you just mentioned there's San Francisco. You could come up with three, four places, but not many are going to want, like not many are going to make sense. You know, he doesn't fit a rebuilding team. He's not going to Indianapolis. Like, you know, he's not going to Carolina. Like, I mean, it's 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 a small handful. And maybe that materializes. Maybe it doesn't. Um, But you don't want to give Tom Brady, like I just said, 100 second chances. And because of the conference they play in and because of the division they play in, He's getting it. They get getting second chances. He's getting it. That, you know? There's no doubt. Carolina lost to Pittsburgh. I, I thought Carolina had turned the corner. I thought Carolina would would win that battlefield position, would run the ball better than the Steelers. The defense would hold up, yep. and they could win that game, you know, 16-13, and I thought the, the, the Bucs would lose. And I'd be like, wow, maybe they're cooked. And the Bucs are atrocious, and they blow a 17-point lead. And, you know, Desmond Ritter, that's going to be a process. Yep. 
the 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 Panthers found a way to get not just lose to Pittsburgh but get fairly humiliated. Like that was one way traffic. Pittsburgh marched down the field early and never really were 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 pushed by the Panthers. They bossed that game. Um, and yeah, the Saints beat Atlanta, but like the Saints stink. So nobody did anything. Yeah, it, it, you're right. Nothing changed in the division. They still the Bucks lose and they still have a one game lead. That's how yeah. bad it is, right? Yeah. I, I got to add this to this conversation, and we got one more thing to talk about, Jason. And that is, I do not think Todd Bowles is a good head coach. I do not think Todd Bowles is a good head coach. Why are you yeah. calling a fake punt? And he had the audacity after the game to be like, yeah, the play was there. We just didn't handle the snap. No, Todd, it was a bad call. You've not coached this team well all season. And you've not yeah. handled these situations yeah. that you need to handle. I remember when Todd Bowles, and I know you do too, Jason, when he was a hot commodity in 2015-ish, yeah. right? And he was supposed to interview for all these jobs. And he ends up taking the Jets job. And I thought, you know, okay, he's going to a bad situation. Maybe it's going to be hard yeah. to win. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Dude, you stepped into a really good situation in Tampa. And you've made it worse. Let's just put it out there. So I don't yeah. think that Todd Bowles is the answer, whether Brady's no. there or not, whether he's going to be there or not. I agree. And I think it's been a real tough year for Byron Leftwich. I mean, that coaching staff in general, um, they've had bad injury luck. Again, nothing has seemed to go their way except – they're probably still going to get a home playoff game, and then you got Tom Brady in the playoffs. And uh, I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Listen, I, I get that because it's hard to bet against that guy in the playoffs. But the way they're not protecting him, I think it's going to be tough. Yeah. I want to ask you about the Giants and Commanders before we get out of here. Jason Lock on four guys, follow him on social media. I'm at put him up, see Dukes, put him up across all other social media platforms in the huddle. We do it Tuesdays and Thursdays. Brian Balding are part of this as well. We'll talk to Brian on Thursday. Do you buy the Giants or Commanders? Either one of these teams, can they make noise in the postseason? I don't know. No, I don't know if they can make noise. Um, that was a, that was a huge win for the Giants, though. Big. I mean, now, now, that was mad. Jason, that pass interference? Come on. Oh, well, and, you know, Terry's asking the guy, am I all right? Am I all right? Am I all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they throw the flag anyway. Like, there's a lot. I mean, that, uh, you, you wonder, man. You wonder. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that was a mauling in the end zone. Yeah. I mean, that was a chokehold from behind. Like, that was a a WWF wrestling move. Um, yeah, the officiating is is um, awful. Uh, but, the you know, the Giants won. Thibodeau dominated that game in the defensive touchdown. Was was really in a battle of field position. The defensive touchdown was massive. I mean, neither offense was going to do a whole lot to get the ball in the end zone, and Thibodeau did it himself. Um, yeah, I mean, those teams are still flawed. They don't get great quarterback play. Um, you know, the, even the Giants' run game has been very hit or miss. They they rode Barkley so hard, but the last week or two, he started to to um, maybe they've started to figure a few things out. Uh, but no, I, I don't think they can. Either team um, is built to win in the playoffs. But again, in the NFC, at least one of them is going to get in. Yeah, I, I don't think. Who would I buy more? Maybe. 
maybe the Giants, but even then, the problem is they, their wide receiving core, and we've talked about this, they don't scare anybody. Damn so right. if you're asking the Giants to be in a, in a playoff game and have to come back for more than 10 points, you know, eight points, whatever it might be, nine points, you're going to have to throw the football. You just can't run Saquon because in the playoffs, I'm going to take away what you do well, right? So I now need your quarterback. I need Daniel to make some – Daniel Jones to make some plays, and that, that wide receiving core just doesn't scare anybody. So I don't I, – yeah. I buy the Giants more because I like Dable and what he's doing if they were to get into the playoffs, but I don't think they survive after one game. Well, it's a tough equation defensively, right, because they generate pressure, but they generate pressure because they're bringing six and seven all the time. Correct. It's rich more than anybody in the league, which – Against Heineke with the season on the line, yeah, you, you do you it. Might, you might be able to exploit him for sixty minutes, but when you start facing the best quarterbacks in the league and guys who you know can make adjustments and they actually thrive against the blitz because now the numbers game works in their favor, you're in trouble. And that's who they are defensively. What are you working on for the Washington Post, by the way? Make sure you check out Jason. He does amazing things at the Post, talking about all oh, things in NFL. What are you working on? Um, actually, I have, yeah, I have a midweek column coming up talking to some people about the Jags. Um, you know, a lot of people pan their offseason, me included. Oh, that Christian Kirk contract. Oh, you know, Zay Jones. Zay Jones for $8 million a year in this Killing receiver it. market with where it went Yes, is a, is a steal. Yep. Zay, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk have been top 12 receivers this year. And don't tell anybody, but Evan Ingram's been a top five wide receiver. I mean, a top five tight end. Tight end uh, he's yeah. really a wide receiver, but whatever. I mean, one year, $9 million. He's, they call him a tight end. He's a wide receiver. But whatever. He's been a top five tight end. Uh, and I think Doug Peterson has really unlocked uh, Trevor Lawrence. So some GM scuttlebutt, some coaching scuttlebutt, um, the, the, the usual, uh, the usual uh, fodder this time of year. Um, but, yeah, the, the Jags are uh, – the defense still needs work. But – I think the Jags are catching the Titans. They're coming. They're coming. Not to quote Deion Sanders, they're coming. Um, you know? And so, I, 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 listen, they got the right guy. We knew that when he got drafted. They didn't have the right coach, but they got the right. right quarterback. Now they've got the right quarterback and coach. They're about to be a problem as he continues to to see. I think through week nine, from week nine to this last week, he hadn't thrown an interception. I think it was like 182 attempts where he hadn't thrown a pick. And now mm – -hmm. What's that? Last week's Trevor Lawrence is the number one rated quarterback in the NFL. Ugh. He's got as many touchdowns as Mahomes, 14. Mahomes has thrown eight picks. Lawrence has thrown one. 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 Yeah. So he's seeing it. The kid's seeing it. Can't wait Wait to read the piece. Hey, man, Merry Christmas. Enjoy the Merry holiday. Merry Christmas. Yes. And we'll get a chance to next week. Uh, we got games, guys, by the way, Saturday. Full slate. We got three yeah. games on Sunday, which is Christmas Day. So it's a little bit unusual, but for NFL fans, we're all about it. We'll just be sitting back, eating, snacking, enjoying yes. and family and friends, and enjoying the holiday, man. So Merry Christmas to everybody. Yep. Happy listen, holidays to everyone. Thank you. You too, man. We'll talk next week. Hey, in the huddle, subscribe, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Or actually, I'll talk to you Thursday with Brian Baldinger oh, yeah? right here. Take care, everybody.